1: Hello and good day. This is Dr. Rob Streisfeld. Doc Rob, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com and all over the airwaves, wherever you're checking out podcasts. Thank you for tuning in, sharing, listening, downloading, all the things you do with the digital world we're in today. And it's great to be with you with another great episode of Concierge for Better Living. You know, it's interesting as I look at the emails every morning. I I get my stock reports. I see what's happening in the cannabis world on the global landscape. I I see reports of uh, big public companies uh, filing their quarterlies and the CEOs getting their bonuses and all the money that they're making. And I'm like, but that's not what this industry is really all about. You know, this is really meant to be about healing this is about helping people this is about using plants in their best possible way but more about that it's community and support and a better way of living that's what we hear at, uh you know concierge better living as we work today for a better than yesterday and are hopefully tomorrow, better tomorrow than today and that's why i'm excited to have today's guest joe aroni from sweetleaf out in california thank you for joining us we have a great conversation about to happen i'm excited so those listening Stay in. Stay, tune in. It's something worth your time. Joe, great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Good to be it's, here. It's my pleasure. So let's let's do the big thirty thousand foot perspective. Tell us about Sweetleaf and a little bit about you, because what I was leading to in the introduction, is, you know, as you know, is that there's a lot of talk about cannabis and green as far as money and profit, and but what I always look at is is people over profit. There's a purpose to having this plant medicine become more available. We need it. There's a lot of health conditions. There's a lot of things we can do and help people. And you're one of those guys that have been doing this. You've been helping people. And I just wanted people to know about it. So tell us a little bit about Sweetleaf and some of the things you're up to. Yeah. So I'm
2: Sweetleaf Joe. Um, I'm the founder and director of the Sweetleaf Collective. We are the oldest uh, continuously running compassion program. Uh, the oldest one in the United States. Uh, So what Compassionate Cannabis is, is it is free medical cannabis that is given away to low income people who can't afford it and really need its medicinal properties. And so our group, we focus primarily on low income terminally ill patients. So our patients uh, have cancer, HIV, AIDS, um, some of our patients have both HIV and cancer, and we got going in 1996 when Proposition 215 passed, um, and the reason that it passed, and it was called the Compassionate Use Act, and the way that Dennis Perone at that time changed public opinion on cannabis was through compassion, was through providing free cannabis, you know, to AIDS patients in the hiv ward at san francisco general hospital him and brownie mary and yeah so in the time since we have been open our patients have been able to access through our work they've been able to access over three and a half million dollars worth of free medical cannabis and so you know it's definitely big impact and this year has been really great we had a goal of Helping patients access a million dollars worth of medical cannabis with SweetLeaf and with another project team Compassion, and we were able to hit that goal uh, in June. So what we're doing now is doubling that goal for the year, and we would like to do two million dollars uh, worth of Compassion. And so it's it's helping patients access the Compassion. Um, these are patients, you know, all over California. We're really trying to create more access uh, thanks to SB 34, which was a bill that became law. We, we lobbied for two years. The first year, the bill got vetoed. Second year, the governor signed it. And what that did is it rectified a big problem we had with Proposition 64. And that is there was no distinction between commercial and non-commercial cannabis. What that meant is that... Uh, non-commercial cannabis, compassionate cannabis was being taxed at the same rate as commercial cannabis. And this is the first time I've ever heard of in history where philanthropy has been taxed. And so, um, you know, I know of compassion programs that shut down during that time period. Um, Some of their patients wound up passing on because they didn't have access. You know, there was a real, uh, uh, you know, human you know, it, 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 it costs human life, this oversight. Right. And so it's really great that we were able to rectify it now. Um, you know, compassionate cannabis is exempt from ta- California taxes. And the other really great thing with that bill is thanks to that bill, it's the first time that a large governmental entity has acknowledged the nonprofit sector of the cannabis industry. That's because big. in the other states that legalized, they, you know their compassion programs disappeared. And because of what we did, we knew it was going to have ripple effects around the country. And because we got that recognition, now on the federal level, you know senators are talking with cannabis nonprofits so that you know we're not left out during federal legalization.
1: This is all really important. and again, I, I applaud and appreciate all you've done. I've worked as you know in the healthcare profession, You know, even as a student, we did work with HIV patients and AIDS patients back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I was working and we were using acupuncture, we were using herbal medicine, but we were hearing a lot of early conversations about cannabis being one of the best items for them to use both from nausea from dealing with other medications from pain but again access 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 and people have to realize that like it's nice to walk into a really fancy dispensary with all the bells and whistles and all the beautiful packaged product but a lot of people can't afford that and a lot of those people that can't afford that are people that desperately need it not doing it for recreational purposes or for for the high or just even just compared to getting a six pack of beer it's they needed to live. They needed to get through their their health journey, and I think uh, it's really important that people recognize and learn more about the compassionate side of the industry, and support it more so. And just to be clear, as a nonprofit, you're not growing. You're not you know you're not doing the product itself. You're not touching the plant. You're just helping facilitate. And, and build awareness for this product to reach those people, correct? I just wanna make sure that. Yeah, so
2: we had to change our business model when Proposition 64 happened. There is not a nonprofit uh, permit category in the cannabis permitting system in California. So we are strictly a nonprofit patient organization. Sweetleaf does not touch the plant. Um, we work closely with Team Compassion Team Compassion is another project I'm involved with, and we help with uh, supply chain logistics with Compassion. So we have, you know, our, our platinum partner, Highway One, uh, this guy, Dave, down in Santa Cruz. They store a bunch of the Compassion. Um, Team Compassion is partnered with a bunch of different permit holders in California. And, um, and yeah, so... So we're able to, to start sourcing material for other compassion programs. We're starting to see Compassion 2.0 happen where uh, there's consolidation at different levels of the supply chain, and we're seeing how different programs can work together. Um, you know, some programs have more access to donations, so then other programs they have more access to patients and they're being encouraged to open new chapters but they don't have the supply. So we're all sort of like coming together and working together. And it's all a lot of the same people that worked on SB 34 together. So so that was kind of like a cool thing. It was kind of a, you know, we were sad that we had to do it to change that law. But the kind of cool thing is that it pulled all these people together who didn't know each other before, who all were volunteering, who are all were doing it because we knew it was the right thing to do. And we, we worked together for like two years. So after that, we're like, Hey, now we know each other. We're like good friends. And it's like, Oh, Hey, you guys need some, some more cannabis down there in long beach. Like, well, you know, I just had a conversation yesterday with Elkhorn farms. They're a farm in Mendocino. They want to donate 120 pounds of bulk wow. flour. And we have another project called Humboldt legacy compassion and that's permit holders in Humboldt And They came together with a 70 pound donation, got it all packaged. You know, it's all permit holders paying for this stuff. And the whole brand and product is being made just to be given away. I love that. As a 50 pound batch. And that's another thing. Humboldt Legacy Compassion. You know, Murder Mountain really kind of messed up Humboldt. And people who don't know Humboldt don't realize (laughs) that Humboldt for the last three decades has been the main supplier of compassionate cannabis for California patients, wow. you know, over half of the cannabis that our patients have received has come from Humboldt, wow. and so, so yeah, so it's just there's so many different things happening right now, like lots of, uh, lots of great stuff, and it's all because of this new compassion ecosystem that we're creating, thanks to SB thirty four and and getting a little bit of support.
1: I love it. I love it. The community aspect of it, you know, people that are really purposeful and are doing it for the right reasons coming together uh sharing in their mission makes it more powerful i mean my background is anthropology and culture we help our neighbors we work together you grow this i grow that we make it through the next year that's been my my background and i love when i hear this aspect of compassionate support helping those in need and doing it as an industry because you all hear about the fine you know the high-end ceos executives and all the millions and billions in stocks but we're not hearing enough about true industry personnel getting down in the dirt, into the weed, literally, and sharing and giving it to people in need. So, I love it. We're going to talk some more. I got a lot of more questions. Sweet Leaf Joe, uh, wonderful first segment. We're going to take a quick break, come back at this quick commercial message. Don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rob, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com.
0: The concierge for better living will continue in a moment.
1: Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California.
2: Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat.
0: Let's check back in with Doc Robb and the concierge for better living, only on CannabisRadio.com
1: and we are back this is doc rob your host of concierge for better living with my guest today sweet joe sweet joe aroni from sweet leaf out in cali doing some great stuff i mean listen everyone's jumping on the cannabis bandwagon today you know it's so hot states are legalizing it you know i i'm from new york and i have all my friends and family talking about wow we're finally there new york is legalized but People don't realize, like especially in California, this has been going on since the mid to late 90s. Uh, I have a dear friend of mine out in L.A. area who was one of the first co-op guys in 98 in L.A. County in early stages. And this is not an easy industry to be in. And when you talk about taxes, when you talk about regulatory changes – And it's just, it's a big mess. I think people always just look at the profit, the money they're going to make, ooh, but there's a lot more to it. And this is what we wanted to have today's show about, which is a lot more to it, which is the compassionate side. Um, I've been a medical advisor for a nonprofit out of Michigan called My Compassion the early years. And that was focused on education. You know, we just want to educate people about the plant, about the medical properties of it. it's been really challenging. And a lot of people say, oh, there's not enough research. There's not enough understanding of how this plant works. And I'm like, okay, talk to someone like Sweet Joe who's been seeing it in California since the 90s firsthand with terminally ill patients. And yes, we're not saying this is gonna cure everything. It doesn't cure all these ills. Sometimes it just makes life a little bit easier to get through makes your, your illness, your pain be a little lessened. And I, as a health practitioner, sometimes that's all you can do is just give them a little relief and a little bit of support and a little bit of caring. And if this comes through this giving uh, process of compassionate cannabis, so be it and let's support it. So I, I think it's great. Like I said, I just wanted to kind of just keep reiter- reiter- reiterating. This is not new. This is something you've been working on, for you said, for 20, 25 years. And it applies across the board, all sorts of medical conditions. We're seeing it, by the way, in Canada now with psychedelics and psilocybin and mushrooms that the first way it got approved in Canada was through terminally ill compassionate care methods. And, you know, same thing with here in Florida, my mom was terminally ill. She was dying from cancer and I was bringing premium medical grade cannabis products back from California. And everyone's was like, are you afraid of getting arrested? I said, is there a fear here to helping my mom? No. I I, I don't think so. And that's where I think some people have to realize that sometimes compassion and caring trumps, I don't want to say do things illegally, but the idea is that there's a need to really put people first and care about people. And I love what you're doing. I think it's just great.
2: Oh, thanks. Well, yeah. And what you're talking about is medical necessity. And that's what Dennis Perone and Brownie Mary were doing in the 80s when they were bringing cannabis brownies into the HIV unit at San Francisco General Hospital. And they were getting arrested. And they were—they said like this is more important for me to to break this unjust law. It's more important to do that than to you know just let these people die. You know they didn't—they didn't have any treatments in the '80s yet, and nope. you know There's they, they told to Brownie Mary too. You know they were like, if you keep doing this, we're gonna keep arresting you and taking you to jail. And she was like, bring it. Yeah, which was awesome to have her as a spokesperson. Like she was a like a grandma. I mean, she was like an old lady, gray hair, and she had so much fight in her. And she was like, "You guys are not gonna let my kids die like this." She called all the patients her kids.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. what people need to know about those stories, some of those origin stories, a lot of the, the, the yeah. those those people that <laughs> front line fighters. I mean, really, that broke Peron. through. These, Yeah. I mean, these are people, most people don't know about these people. And I'm saying it's it's something that we're all hearing about big brands and big corporate players right now, but they would not be here. They would not be, we would not have this industry as it stands today. And we still have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. Um, But we wouldn't have it if not for these fighters, for these people that were passionate believers in helping people first. And I think that's, again, they were not, Looking at how much money they're making selling brownies, that wasn't that wasn't the goal, you know. And, uh,
2: yeah, no. Brownie Mary was using her social security checks to mm-hmm. you know buy ingredients, and people are giving her free weed, and yeah,
1: and, but but they don't get enough credit, and that's why I said it's really important. Just like yourself, again, you're not doing this because you're expecting to become an overnight millionaire. You know, that's that's not the reality here. It's really helping as many people as possible. I I, I go back to you know my my studies again to where i studied ancient chinese medicine and it was like they had a healer for the community and that healer's job was to take care of the community keep them well prevent them from getting sick and at some point in our medical system we got switched over to the reactive uh healthcare system which is wait till you get sick And then we charge you to try to fix you. We try to charge you for our knowledge and our tools to make you better where it used to be the other way around. I think more people need to reflect on that. that If we can work together to promote wellness and help people, then there's less of that financial kind of commitment. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit in an office, just charge people to fix them from their illness, but I can go out there and be proactive and just educate people and promote ways to not get sick in the first place. Now, of course with HIV, with cancer, there's some things that are outside of our control, but at the same time, it doesn't remove the need to be compassionate, to help those that need it. And right now, especially with COVID and all these other things going on right now, the economy affecting people, access to medicine is number one. People can't afford, forget about cannabis, they can't afford their insulin, they can't afford their 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 cancer medications. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. So again, I, I want people to know more about it. Is there ways that people can get involved or they just, just, you know, whether in California yeah. or other Well, well, um, there's a number of different ways we're, you know, doing a big
2: fundraising push right now. And so, you know, you can go to sweetleafcollective.org um, to find out about donating. You know, we definitely need monetary donations. Um, we've partnered with a company called Green Unicorn Farms, and we are Doing CBD smalls under the brand name Altruism. So if you check out GreenUnicornFarms.com and you know purchase their smalls, all the money raised from the sale of those CBD flower products are all donated to Sweet Leaf. Um, we are also in uh, about 20 different dispensaries in California, and we sell lighters and rolling papers, and they're branded Sweet Leaf. And when you purchase one of those, uh, they're $3 each, all the funds raised goes to Sweetleaf. And for every lighter or rolling paper package that's sold, it pays the overhead for Sweetleaf to organize a patient to access three and a half grams of medical cannabis. So we're quantifying for the consumer, right? How they can participate in compassion. And just as a disclaimer, the money that's raised is not going to buy a cannabis, right? Um, because no. that, that technically there's some weird lines there. We're a, a patient organization, nonprofit, and the money raised goes for us to organize patients. So their paperwork is all up to date. You know, you got to consider that every year, you know, you have to get a new doctor's recommendation. And, you know, also like you were talking about before about people, you know, not being able to afford this medicine, uh, our patients, are primarily living on social security in San Francisco, arguably one of the most expensive cities in the world. They're living on a thousand dollars a month and they have zero disposable income, which is why it's so important that we're, we're able to provide them, you know, this service and help them to access this cannabis free of charge. You know, there's patients who have, you know, come, come to us in tears telling us that, if we hadn't been helping them out, they would have already passed on, you know, or there was another story of a patient who had wasting syndrome and his doctor had him on $3,000 worth of prescription pharmaceuticals and they were not working. Right. And he looked like a living skeleton. People would stop in the street to stare at him. He didn't have the energy to work. And we, started working with him and after one month, he had put on 30 pounds. Wow! His doctor was like, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. This is somebody who was on the brink of death. Right. And he came back from it and then like got his old job back and like went back to work. And like we see these stories and these examples and you know, it just, it just reaffirms in us that this is what we're supposed to be doing. You know? know, another interesting thing too, like you're talking about, um, you know, Eastern and Western medicine. So, you know, I consider cannabis to be more, um, you know, like an herbal medicine. It's more like an Eastern sort of style of medicine. And what our patients tell us is when they have access to enough cannabis that is like really helping them out medically, um, their pharmaceutical intake is dramatically reduced. Oh yeah. Like they're normally taking like 30 to 40 pills a day and they'll come back at us and show us, they'll be like, here's how much I normally take. It's like, you know, two handfuls. And they're like, here's how much I take when I have the cannabis I need that you guys bring me. And, and it's, it's only like five to eight pills. And so the cannabis is like helping all these other aspects and they don't need the pharmaceuticals. Like there's, there's so many great reasons that yes. people should have access to cannabis. It's just, you know, it's better for their health, their homeostasis. You know, it's just all around better.
1: I love it. And that's just, it. I think it's it's something that, you know, I, and before we take another break, I just say the same thing. I've said it many times. Sometimes even just a little euphoria is a blessing. And I mean that in a positive way, a little bit of happiness, a little giggle, a little smile, some of the effects of cannabis offers. Is sometimes the most. Uh, I mean, they say laughter is the best medicine, and I've seen this firsthand. Even with my mom, was like when you're fighting a terminal disease, when you're losing hope, when you're struggling with it, with, with with paying bills and all these things, I hate to say, but sometimes that little bit of levity, even if it's only 20 minutes, gives you a chance to make it another day. I know it's it's a psychological support as much as it's a physical support. So people don't dismiss that by any means. There's a lot of benefits to this plant and many other plants as well. We're going to take one more break. We're going to come back with Sweet Leaf Joe. We're going to finish up this great episode, a little bit a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys are, are feeling it as I am today, too. Uh, this is Dr. Roger concierge for Better Living. We'll be right back at this quick break.
0: The concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment.
2: Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots.
0: <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot.
2: So it seems like a smart investment.
0: Look for Smart Pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America, and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you, or order yours online at SmartPots.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the Concierge for Better Living, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, all right, all right. You know we are. In- I mean, I say I enjoy conversations. This is a little bit more, this is hitting me at home, obviously with my mom and how she dealt with her terminal illness. And of course, I've helped treat HIV patients back when I was in school and worked with a lot of different disadvantaged groups. Um, you know, I think that there's, this is, exa- is an example of what we can do in humanity and what people can do to help others is really great. And I don't think it just is limited to San Francisco or limited to California. I think that there's needs more, of this compassion compassionate cannabis, whether it be the Native Americans that have been you know, having major wellness issues and health issues that are being neglected or not being treated effectively or given the chance to get access to the right medicine, but they have access to alcohol, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, you know, there's a lot of groups out there. There's a lot of areas, uh, whether it be minorities, low income, illness conditions, you name it. But this plant has the potential to shift our consciousness, shift our society, help people live another day, bring joy to the world. I mean, it's, I know it sounds like it's a big old sales pitch, but it's just, it's the truth. And when we speak truth and we act on it, it's, it's the only way we're going to get these kind of effects. I think it's wonderful. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a, you know, it, Joe, share whatever else you want to bring in while we have a few more minutes, because I know you've been doing this a lot longer than me. I'm just a big fan right now. So
2: So I've been doing a bunch of support stuff and like helping new compassion programs come online. And um, I am so happy that you mentioned indigenous people, because there is currently a BIPOC movement for compassion. And the original people I was working with, it was the African-American community in Oakland. And I just wanted to be an ally. I wanted to help them, um, with compassion consulting. You know, if big brands want a compassion consultant, you know, I might charge 150, 200 bucks an hour, but for people just starting out who really have the heart, it's like, man, I'll, I will consult with them for free as much as possible. So there's two groups in Oakland now. One is called black can of joy that serves the African-American LGBTQ community. And there's another group called Jazz Cabbage. Now they're both on Instagram. Jazz Cabbage is working with elderly African-Americans, helping them get free compassionate cannabis. So what these founders of these two projects, their premise is that all low-income BIPOC people qualify for compassionate cannabis due to Sustained post-traumatic stress disorder from systemic racism. And with that definition, millions of Californians qualify. And so they, you know, I'm supporting this. They're really getting stuff going down in Oakland. And now we're in talks with um, Lindsay, who is the owner of Native Humble. She is a, a hum, her tribe is from Humble, and she has a cannabis brand. And we are talking about potentially starting an Indigenous compassion program. I love it. Yeah, run, organized and run by Indigenous people for Indigenous people. And it might actually work out to be uh, run, founded and run by Indigenous women, which is even even better. better. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so yeah, so like, this is a really interesting thing that is starting, we're starting to like spread compassion helps so many demographics and we're like finding even more demographics for it to help and it's like this this is a healing plant the more that it's out there the better the world's going to be and my personal mission in life is to ease human suffering and there's just so much suffering that 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 doesn't have to happen you know there's some suffering we can't get around but you know having access to medicine is something that we can we can address And yeah, it's just really, it's really exciting to see things thriving. And, you know, like you were talking about your mom passing from cancer. There's another uh, compassion group called Dear Cannabis that has started a little over a year ago. They are really doing a lot, a lot of good in California. And, you know, similar thing, their founders, you know, mom, dad passing from cancer and and then just feeling it and then seeing, you know, how the cannabis helped their relatives mm-hmm. in those time periods. And then knowing how it, it made them feel. And then knowing that they can help other people to have that same feeling. Oh, I and think compassion wonderful. is a really interesting thing because it's very inspiring. And the people that it all pulls together are, are all the people who who have their hearts in the right place. and. Um, it's weird. It's catching like fire, you know. Well, it, should,
1: I, it should. It should catch fire when you have it again. When people have their heart in the right place, when people come together in with humanity and compassion, I think that yeah. we could all have that better world and i and i and i applaud you for your efforts for this many years decades efforts and continue the continue the fight hopefully we'll get more support ongoing and i i'm I'm an ally so stay in touch let's keep on uh promoting what's going on out there and hope it spreads like wildfire throughout the country and beyond i think it's necessary
2: yeah and i think i think it's going to happen and we're we're getting the right sort of uh political climate for it. And, you know, let's, let's see it go federal and let's, you know, let's have compassion all over the country.
1: No doubt, no doubt. Well, thank you, Sweet Leaf Joe, for coming on today and sharing your story and information. And hopefully we inspire some listeners out there to support or help or lend a hand or even just help your neighbor with something. It doesn't have to be about cannabis. It's just about helping each other. This is not about divisiveness or fighting or one side versus the other. This is, we're all one, uh, as my friends, the Bronners always say. Um, but let's keep this going. Thank you so much. We'll make sure we tag and make sure we put links up. And if you're out there listening you know, and you want to help, reach out. I'm sure Sweet Leaf Joe was available to talk to you. And, uh, you know, let's make a better world for uh, for everyone. So thank you, everyone. Thank you at Canvas Radio for making this happen. Thank you for all your listeners for tuning in and sharing and loving this show. And uh, as always, I wish everyone all the best in health and happiness. Take care and be well.